When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This is the Sooner Sports Podcast. Your all-access pass to Sooner Sports. The Sooner Sports Podcast is presented by Allstate. Are you in good hands? And by Riverwind Resort. Riverwind Resort, the place to be. Now, here's your host, Chris Plank. All right, welcome into the Sooner Sports Podcast. My name is Chris Plank. On this episode today, we'll hear from our great partners at the Oklahoma Blood Institute. OBI needs you now more than ever. We'll talk to Heather Brown coming up a little bit later on in the show. And OU Athletic Director Joe Castiglione gives his State of the Sooners speech, and we have it for you here on the Sooner Sports Podcast. But before we get into any of that, let's just thank you for downloading and listening and subscribing to the Sooner Sports Podcast. The best way to subscribe, go to Soonersports.com slash podcast. There's links for just about any possible podcast platform you could use or that you would like to use. Uh, also on iTunes, simply search Oklahoma Sooners Podcast. And I believe we're the one that pops up first. It says... Learfield IMG College on it if there's any confusion. Leave a rating, leave a review. We love to hear from you. But thank you so much, as always, for subscribing. And I can't wait for you guys to hear Joe Castiglione coming up a little bit later on in the show. But first, I, I did want to lay out some of what Lincoln Riley had to say yesterday when, as we dropped this on a Wednesday morning, Lincoln Riley met with the media on Tuesday. And since... The last we heard from Lincoln, which was on Monday's podcast, the Big 12 has enacted some new rules as far as the amount of time that you get with players and the amount of equipment you're able to allow players to have at home. Coach Riley was asked about his thoughts on the Big 12 plans and what's next. 
Yeah, I was happy. With, I was excited about the steps. I mean, we needed to take them. I'm so glad that we, you know, got to a point where we're able to do a few of those things. Now, I think some of this will evolve, um, but I do think um, I still kind of wonder, you know, how we settled on on the two hours. Um, you know, we're in a period right now, football wise, where we're supposed to have 20 hours a week with our guys. We we get that that's not feasible. Um, totally understand that but you know i think with the amount of time that these guys have right now uh, other than working out and and you know handling their, their classwork uh virtually you know there's a lot of time we can continue to be improving these guys um in the virtual meetings there's there's some limitations to them but there's also some strong benefits so you know i hope at some point we could ramp that up a little bit to try to make up for some lost time um and not just competitively, but just for these guys, just from a development standpoint. I mean, they they all want to get to the you know their peak as players, and you know this has slowed down some of it, and some of it we obviously can't control. And that's part of it, but the areas that we can control and that are that are safe and are virtual, uh, you know, I think you know hopefully we will continue to look at that and, and adapt as we go on. I thought it was a good question too to just kind of get some perspective on exactly what the players are doing right now have some similarities to a summer period, you know, where we've got very limited access to them, um, limited to a couple hours a week as of as of yesterday. And uh so it certainly helps that they've that they've been in the system, uh, that they have a good understanding of what we're doing and, and they've got a good understanding of what they need to go work on. And so uh some of it's tougher because, you know, for quarterbacks you'd like to have, you know, a bunch of receivers and a bunch of group workouts and you you know, not all those things are, are possible right now, and, and we'll get that. But also uh, there's a chance to continue to study film, uh, continue to work on themselves physically, um, uh, you know, continue to work on the fundamental parts of this game. And, and so we're just going to – it's like it's like any time. Any time you're limited on what you can do, then you put you put a greater focus into those other areas. And sometimes you, you end up better in those areas than you would have without it. And so that's been our focus with those two guys. And then, obviously, a good question on early enrollees. You know, you think about it, you, you're a high school kid or you're a JUCO player and you enroll early. What are those guys up to right now? Yeah, their heads are spinning a little bit. Um, probably probably a little more than the others. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's been different. Um, I'm, I'm proud of our group. They've, they've definitely handled it well. Um, but, you know, I think I, I think the biggest thing for them has just been a little bit more disappointment than anything. I mean, for, for an early enrollee, when you get here in January, things are moving quick. You're into a full load of classes. You know, coaches are out on the road recruiting. You go straight to offseason. You go straight into conditioning. Then you go straight for us into our coaching stations, which are, you know, all pretty tough. And, you know, the kind of the eye on, eye on the prize, the carrot out in front is spring ball, and everybody looks forward to it. And, you know, to only get one practice of it and have to get off the field, I know is disappointing. So, um they, our guys have done well. Uh, those guys have done a good job academically, and they've done a great job, you know, staying connected with us through this time. So, like I said I think more disappointment from from missing that part of it, but but uh, proud of the way that group's responded as a whole. I love the answer to this question, and I know that it has to be asked. But trying to put his mind around the idea of the potential that that we might not have a season. Coach Riley answered it. 
and isn't even thinking about it. No, I definitely haven't considered it. I mean, just because I think that's so far out in front right now that I just don't know that it's going to do me or us any good. I mean, there's just still there's still so many unknowns, and and you know we we've got a plan. Uh, we've got a plan for if it does happen. Uh, uh, if we do have our season, understand that if we do, there's you know there there very well may be some type of adjustments that we may have to abide by um you know none of us knows exactly what it looks like right now i know it's kind of pure speculation but you know you could obviously see i think it's you know it's pretty clear that it it very well could be you know limiting the amount of people that can you know participate watch all of that i mean i think that's very possible um so um i think our focus I, i think if we're spending time on that right now that we're not spending time on our guys and, uh, you know, there's, there's so much organization and uh, so much from a communication standpoint that you have to do right now just to keep our guys up and running and and, uh, and do the very best that we can for them. So uh, we'll adjust as time goes on. I certainly hope that we can get to the point where we have it. Uh, I said it the other day, and I believe it. I feel, you know, I feel like by, by September, uh, the world's going to need football. Um, so hopefully, uh, you know, I think a lot of that will be you know, will be determined by you know our country's response to this and how serious every single person takes it, and hopefully, you know, we as a country can do the best we can. And then finally, I, I said one more, but I loved this cut. Whenever and it was the last question that was asked when Coach was asked on what football might look like without a full off season. See, probably what we'd see about halfway through fall camp or halfway through spring practice that, that you guys don't get to see a whole lot of. Uh, I, to, to a to a fan's eye, I, I I think the game will still be fantastic. I mean, I now to a to a coach's eye, to a very experienced eye, may they be able to pick out a thing here or there? Yes, but I I, I don't think it would hurt the the quality, the fan experience, the excitement. I, I don't I, I think would be minimal, and the experience and the excitement, I don't think it would have any effect at all. Um, and like anything, teams will improve throughout the year, and and um, I do think it you know advantages some teams that have had less turnover, whether their roster or their coaching staff, um, you know potentially. And uh, so it'll be uh, it'll be interesting. I I, I know this, I, not that it's ever easy, but I'm I'm sure glad it was. I'm sure glad it's not last year. Why that? Why that? What's the deal on that? Oh, new new a brand new quarterback. You know, in the competition, uh, a brand new O line and a, and a brand and a brand new defense. That would not have been, I would, I, not that I'm sleeping great, but I I would have been sleeping a little bit worse last year. It's really good stuff from Lincoln Riley from his teleconference on Monday. If you want to hear a full interview with Lincoln Riley, simply search in our archives where Toby Rowland sat down with the coach on Monday. The Sooner Sports Podcast is presented in part by Rudy's. Order online for pickup or drive through Order Rudy's anywhere and ship throughout the U.S. The Landers Auto Group, proud sponsor of Sooner Athletics. Interested in OU football season tickets for the 2020 season? Visit the football ticketing page on Soonersports.com today to fill out an interest form. Don't miss a second of the action. Sooner Sports Podcast rolls on with Joe Castiglione. We'll get to that coming up in moments. But right now, we're joined by Heather Brown with the Oklahoma Blood Institute. You might know it as OBI. Heather, how, uh, how's the new normal been treating you guys over at OBI? 
Well, it's been difficult for us because we've had a lot of drives cancel. Um, a lot of our big school drives are canceling because school's not in session during all of this. So that's putting us many, many units behind what we had expected to collect. So we're trying to fill in drives, blood drives, and we're really encouraging people to come into our donor centers as well to make an appointment for that social distancing and making sure that if you're healthy, if you're feeling well, if you've not been exposed to this, to come in and give blood. So take us through, because again, like you said, it's it's a bit unique, but you are, you are using the website to not only your advantage, but to uh, citizens and consumers' advantage as well, too, because they can simply go on to go online to schedule their appointment now, right? Yeah, absolutely. We have a special section on our website and on our mobile site that leads folks right to where they can find a blood drive in their area. They can put in their zip code, they can put in their city, their county, however they want to search it, and find a list of donor centers and blood drives right there, make their appointment online, and uh, be ready. So that's a, a nifty tool that they can use to make sure that they're signed up. And this need for blood, it's really constant. So if people are afraid to get out right now, we're still going to need them because this is going to be an ongoing situation. And when things get back to normal, elective surgeries get back on on the books, then we'll we'll continue to need donors. OBI.org is the website. That's OBI.org. And for those that aren't familiar, Heather, can you just kind of take everyone through what the Oklahoma Blood Institute does and who you're able to provide blood and, bla- and platelets to and for? Yeah, each blood donation saves up to three lives. These are people who have cancer and they're receiving uh, chemo treatments and need blood to feel better. These are people who have traumatic injuries, um, life-threatening blood disorders who uh, rely on um, regular blood transfusions. So those are our patients. Uh, Blood can't wait is what we're saying. They need uh, donations or they need um, transfusions 24-7. People do and hospitals need to be equipped with an abundant supply. So we need those constant donations. And if you've already donated blood during all this, make your appointment for your next one. You can give blood every 56 days. Every 56 days. And there's information right now at OBI.org. Heather, just as a last point, I think you've done a great job of hammering it home. But more than anything, the need is still there. And over the next couple of months with the unfortunate cancellation of blood drives, that need is more prevalent than ever before. It's safe. You guys really go through a stringent sanitizing process and it's 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 to help our community, it's to help those in need right now to give blood, right? Yeah, absolutely. We're checking folks' temperatures at the door. We're checking our staff's temperatures regularly. We're making sure people are healthy and they're giving blood. We're cleaning more um, rigorously between every donor, and we're maintaining social distancing. If people don't feel comfortable in the waiting room, they can go out to their car. We'll call them when they're ready. And um, all of those things are happening prior to the blood um, donation process to make sure um, everybody feels comfortable and ready to give blood. Heather Brown, OBI, online at OBI.org. Heather, thank you so much for your time on the Sooner Sports Podcast. Thank you, Chris. Thanks to Heather Brown from OBI, college classmate of mine. Brilliant, brilliant person. And help out as as best as you can in any way as you can at OBI.org. It is time for Chad McKee and Joe Castiglione to take center stage Now, again, there's been some things that have obviously passed. There's been some changes, but I think it's necessary, and I think it's really cool to hear this full interview 
with Joe Castiglione right here on the Sooner Sports Podcast. Welcome into the Lower South Club at Gaylord Family Oklahoma Memorial Stadium. I'm Chad McKee from Sooner Sports Television, joined by Joe Castiglione, the Vice President for Intercollegiate Athletics at the University of Oklahoma. Our purpose today is to answer some questions and provide some reassurances for the great University of Oklahoma stakeholders out there. Joe, thanks so much for being with us. Great to be with you again, Chad, and some very challenging times. Joe, it has been an unprecedented last 10 days in our world, certainly in our state, and here in our window on the world of intercollegiate athletics. From your perspective, the broad view, what have the last 10 days been like for you? You use the word or phrase unprecedented times, or some people have said uncharted waters. Just about the minute you get that out of your mouth, it changes again. So it's even more unprecedented than the moment you were trying to describe previously. Mm -hmm. And so that in a nutshell is kind of a um, one example of the way things have gone in my uh, uh, last six, seven days. But I want to stop right here and say, you know, we're talking about sports and sports are important to people. Obviously, we want to communicate, want to be able to not just provide information, but we know sports can be so many more things to us uh, that unifies us, that unites us. It does a lot of really great things. But this is actually a time where our situation is much, much bigger than sports itself. And maybe through the vehicle of sports, we can help educate and inform, remind people of what's taking place around us, the seriousness of it. Um, and we'll certainly try to do that. But I wanted to say right up front that Every time we make a decision, regardless of what it is, we always go back to our core values. You and I might do that as individual people, you know, our personal core values. We certainly do that as uh, part of the way that we run the University of Oklahoma Intercollegiate Athletic Department. And so thinking about that, when we were faced with this unfolding situation, we went right to the most important core value of all, and that is to make decisions that are grounded in the best interests of the people we serve. And for us, it had to be first and foremost about health, welfare, and safety, period. I mean, we know there are going to be countless repercussions of decisions that had to be made in line with those core values I just mentioned. But in this particular case, you know, we had to start there and then, in a sense, deal with the chain reaction or the dominoes that, or uh, consequences that come uh, based on those decisions. Can you walk us through some of the decisions that were made in those first few hours and days and some of the specific details that went into those decisions? Well, sort of chronologically speaking, uh, we were... And many of us were in Kansas City, and uh, those of us that were, some of us were in meetings with members of our conference. In my case, ADs and the commissioner and faculty reps were there, the senior women administrators were there, even some of the other leaders within our various departments happened to be there, either for their job, because it related to the tournament itself, or they usually are there to meet with their colleagues around the conference just to share ideas and information. It's kind of a once a year opportunity. So he had a lot of people assembled 
And in the case of uh, my own experience, when we uh, got to Kansas City on Tuesday late, you know, I'd followed the national events leading up to that time. I knew we were going to be in the throes of making some decisions that you know, could affect the length of the tournament itself. And uh, we didn't know at that point whether we would play a certain number of games, whether we would play the games without fans in the stands, which obviously had been a recommendation from the World Health Organization, CDC, et cetera. But we knew some things were happening. And so we, we got together um, Wednesday morning. And uh, first I had breakfast with a few colleagues. And then we talked about that ourselves and what we were going to um, face in the meeting. And then when we got to the meeting, we had an agenda, but we went right to the issue at hand. Mm -hmm. And we were trying to be able to, you know, be thoughtful, be smart, react appropriately, you know, not swing the pendulum one side or the other. Um, and so we were obviously basing our decisions on the information that we were getting. And that's when it started to become very real. Um, we have to defer to the experts in health and the welfare that are international nationally. You know, this was becoming, you know, a rapidly growing crisis around the United States. First, you might remember, it seems so long ago that it's hard to remember that. Mm -hmm. But early last week, they were starting to think it would be confined more to certain areas of the United States and less so in other areas. And then, of course, they moved on from that, you know, as, as the hours and days went forward. Then during that Wednesday afternoon, we literally um, were having to make a decision because the doors were opening to the Sprint Center for the first game, mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. two games scheduled that day. And um, based again on the information that we got from our key health experts nationally, et cetera, and we were plugged in through the NCAA, through other sources, to get that information, we made a decision to let the two games that day go on as planned. And then we announced later that the rest of the tournament would be played without fans, save for maybe a small handful, family members of student athletes, coaches, et cetera. So I'll stop there because things really changed rapidly beyond that point. And beyond that, the NCAA chose to go ahead and cancel the winter sports championships and the spring sports championships. So you are left with a, a difficult task, which is having to inform the student athletes that their seasons, and in some cases, their careers have ended. Walk us through your mindset and, and what your goal was when you went in to meet with those student athletes at Oklahoma. Well, my whole existence for even being in the role that I have is to create the best possible environment for student athletes. And of course, by extension, coaches and staff and uh, our campus community, the fans, et cetera, everybody has a role, plays a role. But um, in that particular case, normally you would like to be able to get in front of all of them at the same time, or at least in a timely manner mm -hmm. to tell them what was going on and why. I mean, this, this group of student athletes are very, attentive, very smart. They, they don't just hear something and just accept it as is. They want to know why. And so uh, normally that would be the situation. But when we were there together, you know, again, that Thursday morning, the Big 12 tournament gets canceled. 
you know, as uh, teams were in uh, Kansas City, we weren't able to get to them all fast enough, but we were in close contact with our head coaches, so the word got to them. They uh, then decided, obviously, to make plans to go ahead and go back to their campuses. But the news was happening much quicker than we could get to everybody. Mm -hmm. From Tuesday through all the day Wednesday and even through this time, I was intentionally keeping other people in the loop. You know, we had a... Um, a call to make those decisions with the uh, university CEOs on Thursday, or excuse me, Tuesday, before we created the first step. And then we had, obviously, the next morning had the CEOs back on the call. Some of them happened to be in Kansas City, some of them weren't, uh, to try to you know, provide information and recommendations, and then they ultimately made the decisions. And that's the way our governance structure works. But then once it gets made, you know, there are other timely parts. We're right there at the throes of uh, the doors opening again for the Thursday games. Mm -hmm. and, and then we weren't at that point sure about what was happening for the NCAA tournament, although we all felt like it was most likely it was going to get canceled. I think we were a little less sure that the rest of the championships for the remainder of the semester would be canceled, but that all came in one announcement later that afternoon and so we couldn't get in front of everybody because that hits the news and you know the news cycle and the way social media is and that was tough i mean we were trying to think about it again in chronological order um, we were there in kansas city so just for a moment focusing on basketball and we just ended the seasons for teams some were going to the ncaa tournament without uh, you know, any effect of how their games went in the Big 12 tournament. Others might have needed a game or two to win in the tournament or more to have a chance to go to the NCAA tournament. All those teams had seniors. You know, mm -hmm. they, some might have been playing in the NCAA tournament for the very first time. Obviously, everybody that was a senior would have played in it for the last time. But, um, you know, it's hard for teams to get to a tournament. You know, it's not like it's automatic every year. So, some teams might, and we're talking nationally, might have gotten to the tournament. We know there's several that were there for the first time in 30, 40 years before you know, any of the people on the team were, maybe their families, mom and dad were married, you know, and we're talking a long time. Mm -hmm. And so you don't get those opportunities. That was hard. But then the reality of the other sports and you know, knowing that the winter sports more or less were going to be you know, canceled to some degree, you know, that's the end of a potentially end of a career of Maggie Nichols. You know, it's not to pick out one sport, but you start to multiply that. We have 21 different sports here. Yeah. Multiply that. And so it, it, it was tough. And because I was in Kansas City, I could only use um, telecommunication you know, as a way of keeping people informed. And then when I got back um, on uh, Friday, I met with as many teams as I could. Uh, some had already left. Um, we had two that were out on the road that we were bringing back via charter. Mm, baseball and, was in yes, California at that point. And they point. got back at um, 8 o'clock on, on Friday night. And so I met with both uh, baseball and women's golf. Mm. So, um, yeah, standing in front of them and, and having to deliver that news is one of the hardest things I've ever had to do. But again, we've got to go back and realize the time we're in. This was not an arbitrary decision. This is not because a venue wasn't available or 
We have a travel restriction. We have a world health crisis on our hands. And the most important thing was their health and their welfare. And so as disappointing as it is, and some of those moments cannot be created anymore, if we're going to stay healthy and we're going to be able to move beyond this, we got the greatest gift of all. And that's the way we got to keep the priorities in order, keep the main thing the main thing. You and I have talked about this over the years, but we oftentimes learn as adults how we should act and we take our cues from the young people that we're fortunate to be around every day. And you have always put student athletes, their experiences, their emotions, and their well-being first as the athletic director at Oklahoma. So now you have all of these student athletes who have been delivered the news one way or the other that their careers, their maybe over with, their seasons for those who are just getting started at Oklahoma, that those are abruptly coming to an end. And most of them have responded on social media in some way or another. That's the way that uh, the youth do it these days. It's been so positive and they have all handled it with such class to sit back and watch the emotion and the outpouring and those posts, the way that these student athletes have responded. How has that made you feel? Couldn't have said it better myself. And that has been probably the most gratifying. And the other part is their attitude about it. I think they're being very wise. They're using their platforms to help advise others. Mm -hmm. I mean, Chad, when we're taping this right now, there are people that still don't get it. Mm -hmm. I mean, they, they are not listening. They are not heeding the advice of the world um, and our nation's health experts. Mm -hmm. uh, it's, it's simple and direct. I think the best thing that we can do, and I really go back to what our student athletes, our coaches, our staff, because they're not only involved in things related to athletics or our campus community, but their own communities as well. Mm -hmm. And so they're doing things that are proactive to help and serve others, others. And I think that's probably the best thing that, that we have going for us and will continue to need in the, in the days ahead. And, and that's the point. The need is still there. The student athletes and their scholarships being taken care of. Oh, yeah. And then, and, you know, so we, we got through that emotional mm -hmm. moment where the realization hit them. And, uh, and, and that's still a factor. But now I think they're recognized this this is, has, has to move to a you know, different phase, if you will. And they're going to go back to school, albeit you know, online. Some of them have been taking online classes during high school, mm -hmm. some here, not a big deal. Some haven't. You know, some of the professors, uh, they may teach online, some haven't. You know, you, we're going to have the realization come Monday morning when classes go back in session online. Mm -hmm. um, that people are going to realize, oh, my Wi-Fi isn't strong enough. Oh, my computer isn't working. I mean, they're going to have to deal with the normal little things. And, and you know, sometimes, you know, people get a little more excited than others and got to deal with that kind of transition. And, uh, and now, of course, our campus, and not only when we made those decisions last week, we, we thought it was a three-week period, but now it's the semester long. And uh, we have a have a uh, rule in place now that teams can't practice. You know, so they not only aren't practicing, they can't even have what we would call voluntary workouts where a student athlete would come in on their own, their own time, work out. There'd be medical staff there to oversee the safety part of it. We can't do that. Mm. So now they're left to figure out workouts on their own. And uh, many of them are home. 
and they may stay home because of the online class. They could do it from home until we can al allow them to come back and use our facilities, which they can't do right now. They can't even go to a local fitness center because that's closed too. Mm -hmm. And so we're, think about that. I mean, this is how far you could start going down various roads. You know, we're trying to think about, all right, what are we going to do via technology to try and engage them? Uh, one thing we're doing intentionally, daily, and sometimes more than once a day, is staying in touch with our student athletes, finding out where they are, how they're doing, what are they doing, are they home, are they here, are they somewhere, where are they going after that? You know, what are they doing if they're home now? Are they coming back to campus? Where will they be when they get back? We have residence halls that are open for some. There are other things going on in our community. Have to inform them of that. Their mental health. Some were rehabbing for injuries. Mm -hmm. You know, we've got our academic uh, advising folks all teed up, ready to go for that, that situation I mentioned earlier, as well as other things that could happen. So. We've got staff that are doing some amazing things right now, just like our student athletes are. And uh, right now it takes all hands on deck. Are there any key updates that you can give us with regard to uh, Sooner Club Varsity O members and potential dates, season ticket sales, and, and things of that nature at this point? As you know, Chad, we've been in the midst of our annual, traditionally timed, uh, season ticket renewal along with uh, our our donors that are making their annual um, gift commitments, and uh, they've been phenomenal. I mean, the, the response you know, prior to this crisis unfolding has been terrific. And uh, people are still moving forward, and we really appreciate that. We also understand and have great empathy for what's going on in our world. Even some of those donors don't fully know themselves what's mm -hmm. going to happen, their business, the place they work, the, not just the businesses that they may run, um, the, the national economy. I mean, we have so many different factors that can obviously impact what they decide to do, and that's all coming at people very quickly. So what we did is we wanted to take some of the stress off, and we extended deadlines uh, through June 1st and obviously our staff is fielding calls from donors, ticket holders, fans alike, trying to help guide them, give them good information, things to consider and working through a variety of situations. You know, and I know they can come up in sort of waves, you know, mm -hmm. so we mm -hmm. ask people to be a little patient if they are trying to reach out to one of our staff members. Uh, we're working from you know, home in most cases, but they're connected and they're still working and they will get to everybody. Um, and we'll continually monitor this. I wanna tip my cap to all of our staff members that are engaging with fans right now in a variety of different levels for all of those reasons and more. And, um, and we'll just work through it. You know what? We have each other. I mean, mm -hmm. When we've looked at all the great success that we've had, here, the places and times we celebrate, you think one person by themselves celebrates it? No, we always celebrate it together. Why? Because it took us all working together. That's what Sooner Magic's all about. It took us all working together to make it happen in the first place. We've got a different challenge right now. We're going to figure it out because we have each other. It's a, a time of uncertainty. Things evolve minute to minute. They literally do. And as you're sitting here 
doing this interview with us. There are things changing that you will have to address once we're out of here. But I, I just think, is there one single thing that you would say to all those great supporters out there about the vision and your vision for Sooner Athletics moving forward? Well, we're still just as passionate and still as excited about our future. There's so many wonderful things that we have planned. Um, we have a super group of student athletes now, and, and we talked earlier about we're seeing a different side of them. And uh, gosh, you know, how, how special is that? I mean, we're, we're seeing the best of people and how they're handling things. And then, you know, the same for coaches and our staff and so many different ways, fans that are stepping forward and helping. I mean, again, we're going to have to just go through it together. And um, I can't sit and tell you exactly how this is going to turn out as much as I would like to, because to go back to what I said earlier, um, we're being proactive. We're, we're on the, you know, the top of everything that we can possibly think of. And yet the world changes so rapidly that by the time, again, they watch this, you know, the, some of the things we're talking about could seem so yesterday, you know, that the sounds like it, you know, we weren't paying attention to what was going on. But that's how unusual of a time that we're in. And um, so we're going to have to make decisions that are based on the best interests of people we serve. I will promise you, this is the time that I, it's probably the best to, to underscore and validate the strength of our core values because that always guides our decisions every day anyway. But now the fact that we have a strong set of core values, we have our priorities in order, we're gonna first and foremost make decisions that are always in the best interests the welfare, the health, and the safety of the people we serve. That is it. There's no, there's nothing that comes before that. So you start there and then you work sequentially to the rest of everything else. And we'll try to keep things going as best as we can. You might take a little different tactical approach here or there and you know, whatever it is, I, I don't want to minimize it or, or sound like it's going to be easy because it's not. I, I can't tell you that there's been a single easy decision that I've made in the last seven days. They've all been hard, but they might be not as hard as some of the other decisions other people are making. So I'm not trying to put me or us in front of anybody else. We're just explaining kind of what we're going through, but it might not be as important or as critical as what somebody else is going through. And so hopefully people realize that this is about the greater good. This is about doing the right thing for all the people we serve. Um, this is about something way bigger than sports. And so we start there and work our way through it. But I will tell people again, we have each other. That is more powerful than anything we could ever have at any time. And whatever it is, we, we'll work through it together. And your, their support is more helpful than it's ever been. We might have to utilize it in different ways. Mental health services, obviously medical, academics are going to be at the top of our list. And then other ways that we serve, serve our sports and, and our campus community. I've got to tell you that um, before we stop, I, I, I think it's very important to recognize what people around campus are doing. 
um, around our communities, our first, uh, first responders, those that are providing services to people that are in desperate need, hospital workers. We have donors that run healthcare companies or in the healthcare business. Mm -hmm. they're, they're being stressed a lot right now. We have um, oil, oil and gas um, has been hit in ways people wouldn't think about. It's not a market correction. It's, it's a consumption issue. Um, obviously, people staying at home, not doing things. Uh, so that has economic impacts. Uh, we have um, teachers. We have you know, people in the community that, that we see every day that are going to run into stressful situations. We have leaders that are making tough Maybe they don't seem like the most popular decision right now, but I would tell you this, look back to the last six or seven days. What we thought was a decision that might have been going too far. I know when we made the decision to cancel all competition, we all had the intuition of, well, can't we just say all competition up to maybe 30 days from now mm -hmm. or whatever. Um, but we were getting the expert advice and we realized this is about the greater good. And many more decisions would have to be made, Chad, off the decision we would make. So we had to understand these weren't flicking of switches and pushing buttons, stop, start. You know, these have long tails to them, if you will, and other, other kinds of consequences. And I, I, I felt, just being, an, I felt so bad after I met with all those teams because I was, drained you know i have great empathy for our student athletes and our coaches that have worked so hard and i felt like you know in a way kind of like we let them down because we just had to tell them that their seasons were over and then um you know i i still knew deep down we made the right decision and now several days removed from the decision we were well ahead of everybody else that had took a few more days to come to the same conclusion. That's not saying, hey, there's a pat on the back there, but that's how saying how hard these decisions are. Mm -hmm. And um, forget sports. I mean, we got people, we have government officials, we have healthcare officials, we have people running businesses, we have people that are trying to keep up with demand for food, you know, just other services people need and, um, and going to need. I, I just, again, want to tell them how much we appreciate them. We recognize the, the extraordinary work that they're providing and service they're providing and care to people that we're providing. And we're going to need to, need to count on them and count on others to stay together through this, these difficult times. But we will. We're Sooners. This is what Sooner Magic's all about. It may be Sooner Magic in humanity, and that's okay. We'll have Sooner Magic on the fields, the courts, the tracks, the mats in the, in the near future. But let's take Sooner Magic and help our fellow human, our uh, fellow man or woman, to get through something that's very, very difficult. Josie sent out a statement the University of Oklahoma Athletics Department did after the passing of the new eligibility guidelines for spring student athletes who ended up not get, uh, ended up getting an extra year of eligibility. Here was a quote. We are celebrating with the student athletes who have seen their college careers extended by today's action. At the same time, we empathize with winter sports participants who are disappointed they weren't afforded the same extension. For the spring sports, there will be significant complexities that administrators, coaches, and student-athletes will work through 
These are unprecedented times in so many ways, and each day provides a new set of opportunities and challenges. On Friday, on Friday's podcast, Jessica Cootie, Toby Rowland, Chad McKee, and myself will kind of go through our thoughts on the kind of new normal. I use that term a lot, but I, I, I really think it fits the new normal when it comes to exactly where we are in the world of spring eligibility and what it looks like for OU baseball and for OU softball. The Sooner Sports Podcast is brought to you in part by Jason's Deli. Open from 10 a.m. until 9 p.m. at 950 Ed Noble Parkway in Norman, Oklahoma. For curbside pickup, order Jason's Deli online from DoorDash as well, too. Norman Regional Health System is here for you during the coronavirus pandemic. Learn about its response at normanregional.com. The best chicken finger meals are served hot, fast, and fresh just for you. And that is exactly what you get at Raising Cane's Chicken Fingers. Restaurants are open and ready to serve you through drive-thru or takeout. One love. Here's our Walden Cleaners What's on Tap. Walden Cleaners is open for business and offering free pickup and delivery for all your household bundle wash and garment care needs. Register online at waldencleaners.com or download our customer app in the App Store. Just so I was clear, that's waldencleaners.com. Tomorrow night, for subscribers, you will get the Elite Eight radio broadcast featuring Oklahoma and Oregon as Buddy and the Boys roll. And the great call at the end of the first half by Toby Rowland when Buddy hit the three in front of his childhood idol, Kobe Bryant. And also on Friday's podcast, Sherry Cole will join us. Do yourself a favor. Go to Soonersports.com right now and read the article, An Athlete's Ache. Coach Cole wrote it. It is fantastic. It's heartbreaking, but also it's inspiring. And Coach Cole will join us on Friday to talk about it. That's What's on Tap presented by Walden Cleaners. Everyone have a great rest of your week. Don't forget, classic broadcast tomorrow night, Sherry Cole on Friday. Until then, have a great day and Boomer Sooner. Let's jump into Peppa's world of play. Look for spring flowers, hunt for muddy puddles, and bravely explore exciting places with Peppa play sets. Peppa Pig. Inspiring kid confidence.